0: Uh, We are in the fourth week of a series that we are calling Lipstick on a Pig, and uh, basically what we're doing is in this series is uh, looking at the facades that people put forward so we don't see the real true self, Uh, much like if you put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. And uh, the past three weeks, uh, we've been doing some foundational work trying to build up to really be able to talk about some heart issues and talk about some realities. And some of the foundation work that we have done is one to just see when people decide that they want real change in their life, or they want to accomplish something, why do we fail? What are some common reasons that we fail? And we looked at those and the first one that we saw was that people were not clear on the goal. You know, once we Decide that we want to do something, people fail if they don't really know what exactly that looks like. The next was that they succumb to fear. That can be fear of failure, but also that can be fear of success. Uh, success carries with it responsibility, and a lot of us don't want that responsibility. The next one is that they give up too early so many times. Uh, When people are trying to succeed, they come up against obstacles. We all come up against obstacles when we're trying to do something outside of our norm. And a lot of times those obstacles seem too great and we give up too early. Next one was that we trust ourselves. Uh, This was a reality that that came uh, maybe to a shock to some of us. Some of us, you know, it's like we hear from every self-help book, you know, trust yourself, you know, trust these things. But the truth is that we rarely fail in new ways. And if we continually fail, uh, usually we fail because we're relying on the old patterns that we have established in the past. And we need to, in order for us not to fail, we need to look at different ideas and be exposed to different thoughts. In different ways to doing things, and the final one is that people lack support, and uh, uh, people need encouragement. I need encouragement. You need encouragement. We need to know that we're not alone in this pursuit. So the next week we looked at how do we succeed holistically, and we uh, use an acrostic called Hot Lips, uh, so we'd all remember. in the H. Stood for having a reason or goal, having that crystal clear in our heads. The O was uh, from the verse where it says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. And as we move forward and we're trying to worship God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and things get in our way of becoming holistic worshipers of him, and, and we start to fear this change, we, we need to understand that God has not given us a spirit of fear. That fear is not from God. God has given us a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. And the next one was T, taking one more step. And we learned that the difference between someone who finishes a race and those who do not finish is the ones who finish take a one more step. That no matter what the obstacle, they take one more step. And then finally, we said we all need friends with lips. And uh, not necessarily uh, physical lips, but uh, figuratively speaking, uh, we need people around us who love us, who inspire us, who push us, not shove, but push us gently to take that one more step and that who are steadfast and then last week we looked at giants how we all face giants one thing that we all have in common here we all come from different backgrounds uh, different different experiences in our lives but all of us face giants in our lives and we looked at the life of David and tried to figure out how do we face our giants and ultimately with God's help bring them down so this week as uh... we continue forward uh... i don't know if you remember but a month ago i asked you to take a survey and uh... it was an online survey where we asked different questions and just wanted to get uh, a poll you know a pulse of the community here And and uh, you you didn't know that i was going to use it against you but i am and uh... so i'm sorry i i tricked you but uh... Uh, I wanted to, we're going to talk a little bit about the results of that survey, the, you know, this is uh, people in, in our community and uh, we're going to, we're going to deal on a, uh, on a real heart level what those results uh, uh, came out to be and really speak into those things. Now, the, Remember, we're framing this whole series around uh, Jesus' word saying that we're meant to be worshippers of God, worshipping Him with all of our heart, all of our uh, mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. So as looking at that, the first one that I wanted to talk about was our heart, our emotional health. 43% of us said that uh, we are... Pretty emotionally healthy. Uh, that at least eighty percent or better uh, that that we say that we're emotionally healthy. Uh, the next one was our mind intellectually. We as a community, forty-five uh, percent of us say that that we're doing pretty well intellectually in our in worshiping God and in our intellectual health and in mind. Uh, the next one is. Uh, of us say that we're spiritually healthy, spiritually healthy. Uh, I don't know about you, but that was shocking to me. And uh, hopefully we're going to look at some of the core reasons of that today and uh, hopefully deal with that on a real level and not not to beat up on one another but to again inspire us to help us take one more step to really achieving uh, a personal relationship with the one true living God and then the final one uh, strength and physical health 31 percent of us said that we're we're physically healthy that we're honoring God uh, with our body now when we talk about worship and we uh, talk about uh, worshiping God with our heart and our, and, and our mind and our soul and our strength. You know, what we're talking about is that God has created us. He's created us as complex beings. And, and we have the tendency to focus on, on one aspect of our life, but what we need to do is to look at it, look at our lives like God looks at our lives, as a, as a complete package. And when one is hurting, they're all hurting and I think that we uh, have a good model of, of worship in, in Malachi if you open up your Bibles to Malachi uh, chapter 3 verses 8 through 12. Now I want to preface this uh, this scripture. it's actually talking about about giving offering in a monetary sense to God and uh, really if you if you think about it what is money? And this is gonna sound a little new-agey, so I apologize to you uh, right in advance before I, but, but, but money, your money is really life energy. And I know, I, it's kind of new-agey, right? But listen, hear me out here. That, that, you know, we give up our time and our energy and our mind time for what? Money, right? And, and money defines us in a lot of ways. So I, I think it's not too big of a leap to say, you know what, what we do with our money, in fact, Jesus said this, where our money is, where our treasure is, our hearts and minds will be also. So if the Bible's talking about, about offerings in a monetary sense, we can understand that, that 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 monetary money represents something much larger. And that really, that much larger thing is how do we approach God? How do we approach Him with our, our hearts? How do we approach Him with our minds? How do we approach Him with our with our soul? And how do we approach Him with our strength? Do we give Him our best? Do we give Him the first and foremost of it? Because first, overall, we are meant to be worshipers. So, we don't have a connectivity question today, but I think this one right at the beginning of the verse may have been good. Should people cheat God? Probably not. Yet you have cheated me, but you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of tithes and offerings to me. And when we look back at this survey and we see that 43% are worshiping God, with their heart, and 45% with their mind, and 22% with their soul, 31% with their strength. And we're like, wow, you know what, maybe maybe there is a gap between where we currently are and where we need to be. Verse 9 says, you are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord Almighty, I will open the windows of heaven for you. Isn't that beautiful imagery there that you imagine the windows of heaven being opened up, and blessings falling on you? I will pour out a blessing so great that you will not have enough room to take it in. Try it. Let me prove it to you. I believe that this is the only place in the Bible where God actually gives you permission to test him. That's pretty cool. You think about it, you know, God's saying, look, worship me. Give me your first and your best of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength of your of every aspect of you. And I will bless you. Try me on this. Let me prove it to you. For your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insect and disease. Your grapes will not shrivel before they are ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all nations will call you blessed. I love this idea. If we are living out the abundant life that Christ told us to live, if we are truly giving our first and best in every aspect of our life to God, the people will notice, all the nations will notice and say, wow, you are blessed, for your land will be such a delight. Your land, our lives. Could you imagine, instead of bumper stickers on cars saying, Jesus, save me from your followers, that we would actually be a blessing and a delight to the world. But, again, we go back and for some reason there's a gap between where we are and where we need to be. And I just want to take some time to go each, through each one of these aspects of our life. And hopefully be able to take a step back and, and look at it and see how we can all bring it all together so we can truly experience what Christ has instorted for us. That we can truly experience that life. Now, I, I have a, 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 a theory of why we don't experience it. And, and it's summed up in a, in, a, in a quote that actually Eric uh, told me this week when we were talking about today. It's by Gordon McDonald, and, and he says this. He says, unseized time flows toward your weaknesses. Your weakness. And it's good to see that somebody besides me makes up words. Maybe it's a Mick thing. I don't know. But unseen time flows toward your weakness. You know, I, when I first became a follower of Christ, I was in counseling for about a year. And, and I had a lot of uh, self-destructive uh, tendencies and... Uh, and my mind was not disciplined and would just run crazy. And I remember asking my counselor, I said, you know, why is it that when I, I, I'm not disciplined that my mind and my, my action goes to these self-destructive things? Why, why don't I just kind of like, why, why doesn't it flow to like me wanting to feed the poor? Or me wanting to help little old ladies across the street instead of honking and yelling at them. You know, wh- wh- why is it? And I, I think it's something, I mean, you think about it, who just kind of drips into like good works and good deeds? None of us do. It, it has to be intentional. And I, and I think it's really true that if you really look at it and you look at our time, if we Don't invest our time well. If we don't intentionally look at our time, that time, that unceased time will flow right into our weakness, whatever that might be. It manifests itself in all sorts of different ways. And for us to get ahead of the curve on this, I think that investment of our time is going to be a big aspect. So the first thing I want to look at is, is our body, is our strength. 69% of us, this isn't them, this is us, rank our physical health as a C or less. And just to let you know, I mean, my motto used to be a D's for diploma, <laughs> but that doesn't count here. We, we want to do better than that. So 69% of us. E3ers rank our physical health as a C or less, while 84% of us do an hour and a half or less of exercise per week. Is there a correlation there? Is there a surprise there? Now, I've spoken about physical health before, and I've been challenged on this. Mark, I... I want you to talk about flowery spiritual things. I don't want you to talk about physical things. You're the preacher man. That's your realm. And eh, Thanks for playing. I believe that the church is the only organization on earth that is designed to be able to speak into every aspect of the human experience. And that every aspect of us is to be to bring glory to God. And if you haven't looked around lately, part of that is physical. And there is a grand correlation between how we physically take care of ourselves and our spiritual and our emotional and intellectual well-being. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Verse 19 and 20 says, Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. What God is saying here is, how you take care of yourself is vitally important because the Holy Spirit indwells in you. And how we treat ourselves directly affects how we do and how we feel. And we can't say, you know what, in this part, I'm doing well. And in this other part, I I don't really focus on very much. But it's okay. It's compartmentalized. It's not. It's all woven together. Shannon and I were talking as she was doing her Bible study this morning. And she was uh, doing a Bible study in Daniel and and asked me actually about that scripture. She says, do you know where that's found? And I said, actually, I do. (laughs) I would have had no idea if I what didn't happen in my notes, handy, But, uh, but, and she's all like, you know what? the 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 Israelites didn't take care of the physical temple, and God removed His blessing. Do you think there's a correlation? Do you think that there's a direct connection between the physical temple and now the body as being a temple for the Holy Spirit? I think. Biblically, yes, there is. But there no there is no longer the temple. There we are the temple. And it is vitally important and of interest to God how we treat that temple. The next one I wanted to look at is our mind, our intellect. Fifty five percent of us. E3ers rank our intellectual health as a C or less, while 61% of us watch four or more hours of TV a week. Is there something necessarily wrong with watching TV? No. I love to watch House and Lost. I like those shows. But remember, unseized time flows to our weakness. And what can happen is if we are not intentional in budgeting our time, that that time will be lost. That that we won't just watch the programs that, that are good, we'll end up watching programs that have zero value at all. And we could spend our lives just watching and watching and watching and never experiencing what God has in store for us. In Proverbs chapter 4, Proverbs talks a lot about wisdom. and, And how I understand wisdom is there's knowledge and then there's a difference when you take that knowledge and you put it into practice that becomes wisdom and it's interesting how the 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 bible addresses learning and wisdom if i think if you took a snapshot of the the late 20th and early 21st century church that that you would think that the the mind the intellect of a follower of Christ is not important. That for some reason, we seem to at least put this air about us that that we're not about learning. But nothing could be further from the truth that God has designed our mind and, and has designed our mind to ask questions. I remember when I became a follower of Christ, I, I felt this freedom for the first time to be able to ask questions that there was no there was not any questions that were off limits and that we needed to go out and expand and understand and if you look at the history of Christendom that that you'll see a who's who of intellectual giants who have come before us who claimed that Jesus Christ was their lord and savior and we need to be honoring God with our mind and opening up and, and discovering Him because He makes Himself known throughout all of creation. And if you look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5, the first word is learn. Learn. We're meant to be learners. Learn to be wise and develop good judgment. Don't forget her. turn away from my words. Don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. Look at verse 7. Getting wisdom is the most important thing you can do. Let me read that again. Getting wisdom is the most important thing you can do. And whatever else you do, get good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she will exalt you, embrace her, and she will honor you. She will place a lovely wreath on your head, which sounds kind of weird to me, but I think in this context, that's a good thing. She will present you with a beautiful crown. My child, listen to me and do as I say, and you will have a long, good life. I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you straight in straight paths. If you live a life guided by wisdom, you won't limp or stumble as you run. Carry on my instructions. Don't forsake them. Guard them, for they will lead you to a fulfilled life. So many of us are not experiencing a fulfilled life because we have allowed our unseized time to flow to our weakness. And that weakness has become our defining characteristic. We need a new paradigm and a new path to get a hold of what's going on. Next thing I wanted to touch on was our emotional health, our emotion in our heart. 57% 57% of us rank our emotional health as C or less, while 58% of us spend four hours or more on the internet per week. And that doesn't count our jobs. Again, do I like the internet? I love the internet. The internet's great. You can you know, find cool stuff on the internet. I don't like the forwards I get all the time. Or, or in a spam and stuff like that but there I like I like to be able to find out things and, and and seek out wisdom but the internet is like one of these things that it's like there's like a really good side and then there's the really negative side and it's interesting as the internet has grown and and evolved all of these these virtual communities have have emerged and people give hours and hours and hours to relationships that have really little to no investment and they don't, they don't produce any fruit. And what, we ha- what happens here is when we invest all of this time, again, I'm not against the internet, I'm not against any of those kind of things but what I am for what I think God is for is for you to have real relationships with real people who will inspire you who will push you who will be steadfast who will love you and the truth is that a relationship on a chat board is just a cheap two-dimensional copy of the real thing. I think we like to do it because it seems safe. We can walk away from it any time. If there's a problem or we don't like something, we don't have to log on. Where people have a pesky way of showing up at Starbucks or calling you or something like that, and they invade your life. But you know what? That puts our roots, and sometimes, even when we don't want to be found, the best thing for us is to be found. So one of our friends with lips, with love and inspiration, and gently pushing who's steadfast with us, can help move us to being more emotionally healthy. And then finally, our spirit, our soul. 78% rank our spiritual health as a C or less, while 65% of us spend three hours or less on spiritual pursuits per week. Correlation? I think so. I I tell people if if you come to E3 and and you're hoping that my 30 minutes or the, the worship gathering of an hour is going to build you and fulfill you spiritually, you're going to starve to death. You are doomed. There needs to be more. And here we have different pathways to, to spiritual health from growth groups to stage classes to just connecting with people and having discussion groups to doing the going deeper to giving out free Bibles. All of these different things. But the truth is, we all know what we're meant to do, right? We all know we're meant to exercise. We all know that we should be reading books. We all know that we should be building deep emotional relationships. We all know that we should be engaging with God in prayer and learning more about Him and and being in a body who inspires us. But that's just knowledge, that's not wisdom. What we need to do is to become wise. We need to cross the threshold from knowledge to wisdom. And that can be scary. But you're not ever alone. If you look at Psalms chapter 34, verse 18, it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. If you're brokenhearted, the Lord is close. He rescues those who are crushed in spirit. That the Lord is here. And... The great thing is we are too, because we are a community that is dedicated to helping one another take one more step. The only thing that we have to do is say, you know what? I am open and I'm willing to be part of that process. And as I looked at these different things, I looked at different Aspects in the survey where unceased time flew f- flowed to our weakness, from TV to internet to all sorts of different pursuits. I was thinking about budgeting and realizing that if you don't budget your money, your money flows to your weakness and and it flows out. But the same is true with time. And what we need to do, and everybody hates this word, but we need to budget. We need to be intentional about our time. And I started thinking about what is it going to take for our community to take a step closer to holistic health. And I was thinking of this this uh, 30 times 4 idea. And, and basically what that is is invest 30 minutes a day in developing, intentionally in developing your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And some... Some of you might be farther along than this. Some of you maybe haven't even touched upon one of these things. But looking at your calendar and saying, you know what? I need to make sure that I seize the time here and make a priority to invest in myself and to grow so I can become a more holistic worshiper. And you might be looking at there and saying, well, if I invest 30 minutes in my heart and 30 minutes in my mind and... 30 minutes of my soul, and 30 minutes of my strength, you know, that's two hours a day. And you automatically say, can't do it. I don't have two hours. On contrary, Monique, I read the survey. <laughs> I got eight hours right here of TV and Internet. You can't tell me there's four hours worth of good TV on anyway. (laughs) We need to be intentional, and we have to make choices. And I'm sorry, but 78% of us not experiencing an authentic relationship with the one true living God, that's not a good choice. We need to make a change. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret that I was told years and years ago that will help us in this journey. It's called redeeming time. Redeeming time. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever had to wait in line somewhere? How many of you ever had to wait on somebody who said they would be there on time? I'm looking for somebody. I can't see them, though. And uh, But don't get there on time. How many of us have, have had 30 minutes before we needed to be somewhere, and we just kind of stood around and we just kind of wasted time? You know, if you look at your day, there's all times, there's all sorts of time that that is unseized and it just flows. And I just want to give you a couple of suggestions, some things that I have found useful and maybe you will find useful. Always carry a book with you. Always. That that usually during some point of the day you're going to have 15, 20 minutes where something just didn't go right, and you're just sitting there and you're waiting. And if you always have a book, and it can be just one of these, you know, books that you can pick up at any point of time. It could be your car book. Don't read it while you're driving, but I mean, that's not that's some, a whole different message. But uh, that on uh, foolishness. But you know, redeeming time when you're when you're in line. So many of us. Have uh, PDAs and you know smartphones and stuff like this. Uh, you know that you can download a Bible on that, and you can be standing in line and just like and open open up your Palm Pilot and 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 read a chapter in the in the Bible. There's so many things that you can redeem time. The other thing is that a lot of these things. Remember, these all work together. So it isn't necessarily two hours a day. Like, you can can read a a book on conflict resolution and with a biblical perspective. Guess what? You just nailed three. Right there. You just got an hour and a half. Go watch TV. (laughs) Go knock yourself out. Being smart. Grabbing a friend and say, you know what? Let's walk together for 30 minutes a day. And let's just pray together or let's just encourage one another. You see, we can be smart about this. And we can make sure and be intentional in building ourselves closer to the heart and mind of Christ. And this idea where we are truly worshiping with him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. If you have come to a point of decision today, follow through with it. Maybe write on a connect card, hey, I'm looking for a group that will help me in these areas that I recognize in my life that, you know what, I do have unseized time that flows toward my weakness, and I need help in, you know, figuring that out. Maybe you're looking at it and going, "I have zero time. I am so busy." You know what? Sit down with somebody else. Remember, don't trust yourself on this. You know, there's there's fear, right? Fear of sitting down and having somebody look at your schedule and helping you find a where you can exercise or where you can read or something. There is fear, but we remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear. He has given us a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. And we are here to encourage one another outbursts of love and good deeds. And I love you guys, but we got to do something about these survey results. I think it's just time that we put a stake in the sand, in the ground and say you know what we're just going to have to come together and do this let's pray dear God I know that there's a lot of hurt and brokenness and a lot of people maybe feel very uncomfortable with talk like this God I just pray that instead of discarding it, that we will take it to heart, that we will band together and encourage one another, that we will grow, and that we will be able to experience the abundant life that you've called us to. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen.